Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. I do want to welcome those of you that are watching online. Perhaps you're listening on the podcast. Hope Covenant, would you welcome our online viewers and listeners? By the way, our numbers in our podcasts are going crazy. I logged on last night and looked at some of our statistics, and it's amazing. The outreach of this church that goes beyond these four walls actually is way, 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 way more than what we actually have sitting in these seats. And it's actually turning into an international thing. You can actually see regions of who's listening from where. And uh, it's amazing that we're actually reaching all around the world right from this church in Huntersville. Isn't it amazing how that can work in this digital age? And uh, so we do want to encourage those of you that are uh, watching or listening online that if you're ever in the Charlotte area, stop on by and we'll make you feel right at home. And I do want to welcome the Lord and jump right into this brief, and it is brief today, message that we have. Father, we welcome your presence. We welcome your spirit as we talk about your return, as we wrap up and we culminate this series of part four of the return of Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your power would not just be heard, but that it would be felt and noticed in a powerful way this morning as we look to your word. Your scripture is alive, and we thank you for it, that it doesn't return void, but that it's full of life and full of the ability to change us if we really apply these things. So, Father, we look to you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for your message, which is hope in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, shout amen. Amen. Yeah, I'm excited to wrap this up today, and I I really don't want to preach from notes, but I want to preach from the heart. Again, it's going to be brief. I know it's a holiday weekend, and you've all probably got plans to be with family, and I want to encourage you. I love community. That's a big part of of this church, and our vision is to do life together. So enjoy this weekend. Get a deep breath. Get a rest, and, and I believe this is going to be a good and powerful week for each of you. But my whole goal in this whole series, again, this is part four. We're wrapping it up today. The return of Jesus has been really to shift the focus of end times. A lot of of times we get fearful when we think about the end times and the wrapping up of this world. But how many of you know when you're a Christian, and we've been talking about this in every one of the parts, that this is actually encouraging for you. And we've got to get to a place where fear is, is over in our lives when it comes to this. And we start to look with anticipation and hope that the return of Jesus is a good thing. This is a love story we've been talking about. It's not doom and gloom. There are a lot of things that I had to discuss the last two weeks that will be rough moments here on earth for those that are not in in the Lord, and they may be challenging times for us as Christians, but we're going to persevere. We're going to get through it. But my whole my whole purpose in, in talking about the rapture and the return of Jesus is that you're not scared, but excited about this moment. And I, I want to wrap up this series by talking about the awakening and the end time harvest and the revival that I believe is going to occur in these last days, not just because I'm a person of faith, but because scripture says it. And we're going to look at that. If I had a specific title for this part four of the return of Jesus, it would be, are you ready for revival? And that's a question. Are you ready for what God is going to do? I I said in the first, going back to part one, in the, the first week, I had mentioned that 
I believe that in these end times that, that God is going to move strong in the church. I read those verses to you. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. But I'm, I, I, really, I really believe that we've got to be in a position in this church age, which is what I pointed to in that first series. In the church age, we've got to get ready to really, we're in that, that moment of time, the, the church age, where we've got to ready ourselves for the return of Jesus and everyone that's around us, get them and lead them into the kingdom of the Lord. Amen. We've got a moment right now. And so we've got four things in this church that we focus on, which is our vision. One is know God. And that's points to the experience that we just had in worship where we know that God is here because we encounter him. Then find freedom. In other words, God can free us when we allow ourselves. We get into the moment where we surrender things that keep us bound. That could be addictions, challenges, whatever it is. It could be your faith that you're putting it as an offering to the Lord. Lord, I, I don't see. I have no reason to be happy this morning. But it's your joy. That's my strength and all of those things. So we find freedom of the things that hold us back. And then we discover our purpose as we, as we look to our gifts and our callings. And we don't just do that to identify and know them, but then we do it so that we can make a difference. And that's what I want to focus on today. That revival is supposed to be a transformation where, where people are transformed. That in other words, the, the maybe angry Adam, for example, is no longer angry Adam, but he's joy-filled Adam that's kind and gentle because the Lord transformed me. When you pull close to Jesus, he transforms you. You go, well, I know that. Well, good. I hope he's continuing to transform those of you that know that. And so if I had a specific title, it would be, Are You Ready for Revival? And in Psalm 85, and I want to explain this to you rather than read it, the children of Israel had been in exile, and, and now they're coming back to the promised land, and they had been brought away because of sin, and now they're coming back home. And when they get home in the beginning of those moments, the temple's not really, really built. The wall is not restored. And Zerubbabel is, is just coming back to restore the altar. If you remember that story, and if you don't, I'd encourage you to read Psalm 85. It's amazing. And Psalms 85 comes out of that plea and that cry from the children of Israel. And they're looking around at the famine and the drought and what's happening to their land and, and, and what's happening in their world, not just physically, but they look at it spiritually. And there's a parallel to what they saw and what I see today. Psalms 85 comes out of that. And I, I feel like there's this parallel to what we see in society and the world today, that what God is doing in the midst of darkness, things seem painful or perilous as the Bible says. But check this out. Psalms 85 verses 1 to 2. You, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. Can I get an amen? I need that. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. And this needs to be our prayer as the church. Restore us again. In other words, you've done it once. We need you to do it again, Lord. Will you do it again? God's Savior and put away your displeasure towards us. How many of you know that points to sin, the displeasure when we're not walking right with the Lord? Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all the nations? And I love this prayer. This needs to be our prayer as a church right now. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice? Can we read that last verse again? Let's read this together. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? And that needs to be our prayer. Will you not revive us again, Lord? 
Lord, we need you to stir us up and shake us that we're different, that we know you're here. This needs to be our prayer and our plea for the days that we're living in. The Webster's definition of revival. Revival is the act of being revived. Moments of renewal or restoration. I love this. To bring back to life. To cause to flourish again. How many of you know that sounds really refreshing? That sounds awesome. It sounds supernatural, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about that. Revival, unique season where the Spirit of God is helping you to do something in a supernatural way. I love this definition. What is the supernatural? Supernatural is when God sends his help. God's power shows up and does for us what we can't do ourselves. In other words, God works through us and goes beyond our ability. Now, I'm going to pause right here. Guys, I've told you this, I've told you this probably a hundred, maybe a thousand times since I've been doing Hope Covenant Church, that I believe that the greatest form of evangelism in these last days is going to be, the, we've got a generation that really doesn't want to hear all your notes, preacher or person about God. Don't tell me about him. Introduce me to him. I want to encounter God. There are statistics that show that this generation is interested in an experience. That's why psychics right now have a lot of business. Because really there's a desire to know the future and everybody wants a prophetic word. So what do we do as the church? What is a psychic? It's counterfeit prophetic. That's all it is. Really, truthfully, I've sat across from psychics before not getting a word, just to clarify. But I've sat across from psychics before, and do you know that I believe they have a prophetic gifting that's just being used in a satanic and demonic way? That if they would get radically saved for God, man, could you imagine if you had a sign sitting at a coffee shop giving out words from the Lord? Come on, sit down. (laughs) By the way, it's free of charge. Just tithe. Man, how powerful would that be? We need to go about our jobs in a supernatural way. We need to parent parents in a supernatural way, meaning you don't do this in your strength. You do this through God's direction. Could you imagine how parenting would look like if we would do things in a supernatural way? We need to parent in a supernatural way. We need to witness in a supernatural way. I want to live my entire life in a supernatural way. I want my marriage to be a supernatural marriage. I want my worship leading to be supernatural. It's not because Lord knows it doesn't work in the natural. So I need it to be supernatural. Revival's not an event. And I want to focus on this and I want to explain this to you. I hear churches say this all the time. Come Friday night, we're going to have a revival. You don't schedule as an event revival. Revival, when you look at the book of Acts, The church got desperate for God. They showed up to the extra things like prayer on Thursday nights. Oh, I'm preaching now. It might be quiet in here, but I'm preaching now. They did things that were inconvenient for the purpose of unity. They interrupted their lives and understood that convenience no longer was God. We're going to inconvenience ourselves. We're not going to worship the God of convenience anymore. But we're going to do the things that show God, I'm desperate for you. You go, does that really matter? Oh, yeah, it really matters. God notices. He rewards those that seek him with diligence. diligence. In other words, I'm, dil- I'm doing things that are inconvenient for me. 
But revival is not an event. Revival is an outpouring of God's spirit where you see the supernatural on display. Now, I've lived through a revival. Uh, if many of you probably remember the Brownsville revival, that's one. I don't talk about it a ton here because we've heard about it a bunch. Many of you probably have not, though, so I want to explain this to you. There was something when you stepped into that room that was supernatural, and you knew it, and you couldn't deny it. It looked freakish. There was a lot of flesh. There was a lot of things that were happening that were not necessarily God. There were some signs and wonders that didn't, they made me wonder what in the world right now that I went, I don't know if that's the Lord. How many of you know whenever the Spirit of God shows up, so does the flesh? Just like when I start to prophesy, there's always psychics that are out there. There's always counterfeit. When God starts to move, there's always those things. And that's why I believe we've got to pastor those things. I've got to help shepherd and go, okay, that's not the Lord. Okay, this is God. And you guys got to trust me as your pastor when that stuff starts happening. But revival is the supernatural on display. And you will always see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through repentance in a moment of revival. And it starts with the church. Where the church goes, oh my Lord, these casual things that I used to do on a regular basis, these movies that I was going to see, these TV shows that I was watching, this speech that I used to speak, these things that I used to do are no longer acceptable and nobody else talked about it but God to that person. It wasn't heaven's high sheriff known as Adam that was preaching. No, it was the Lord convicted the hearts of people. And we need revival that when people enter these doors, Holy Spirit speaks to them and nobody says a word. How many of you know he's the convictor, not me? And thank God, because I'd smite a lot of you. And I don't mean that. I'm not talking. I'm not looking to be mean. I'm just saying, thank God for God. And thank God that I'm not because I would mishandle that. Anybody with me on that? But you don't schedule true, authentic revival. You contend for it. What does the word contend mean? What, what, what does it mean to contend for it? That you don't schedule it, you contend for it. It means you get desperate and you get hungry and say, God, if I don't have revival, I'd rather die without revival. I've got to see you. I've got to feel your presence. You get to a place of desperation. We were just talking, the worship team, we're, we're looking at this book that Brennan introduced to us. And it's an amazing book of, of how we worship and one of the things it says is that God is not longing to use you. He's longing to know you. Yeah, the Lord uses you after he gets to know you. But oftentimes we're like, God, use me. And he's like, I don't even, I mean, once a week, you know, I, you kind of check in during worship. <laughs> Thanks for that shout out. Appreciate that. But the Lord's desiring to know us. And how many of you know, I've said this before, God doesn't have needs. He has desires. He desires that you would pull close to him and he will work through you. Use, I don't want to be used. I want to be worked through. I don't want to be used. Listen, I've been used before. It doesn't feel right. No, I want the Lord to work through me, to do a work through me. That's how I know not all of the church right now is hungry for revival because we're not contending for it. We don't, there's, there's a lack of hunger, but I'm praying that the Lord would ramp that up and that the church in America would get so desperate for God that they would schedule God even above financial success, that they would recognize 
We talked about it last week. All the nations that are getting hungry for Jesus and, and that the Christianity is transforming those nations. There's amazing provision that comes. Guys, if you want provision, press into the Lord. And get in his economy because that's when it happens. We're married to convenience and comfort more than the spirit of God is the church. And we've got to change that. Because I talked to you about the fact that I believe we're in the church age where God is trying to get our attention right now. We're living in a serious, sober hour. And I'm trying to encourage you with this message that this is a, this is a love story when he comes back. But man, we've got to be prepared. And that's what I'm trying to do. In Acts 2, verses 14 to 21, then, then Peter stood up. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some revelation as to why this verse is so amazing. Then Peter stood up with the 11 and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Now that is way out of character for Peter. If you remember, Peter was the one who denied Jesus. He didn't want to be associated with the disciples. He was ashamed. But now Peter gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. This is in the middle of, of Pentecost. And something happens that transforms Peter. You see a transformation where the, the meek, sort of mamsy-pamsy, ashamed Peter is now the guy who's bold as a lion. That's what happens when the church encounters revival. Just like Peter, all of a sudden there's a transformation and you go, where did this voice come from? You can't shut up about the Lord all of a sudden. So Peter's a totally different cat here. And that's where revival turns the hearts of the ashamed and makes them bold. It does that. Peter had an experience. He had a personal revival. They were experiencing corporate revival, but he had a personal revival. And if God can do it for Peter, God can do it for you. True revival leads to personal transformation. So then Peter said, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. Remember, the power of God's flowing. The people are acting crazy because God's moving and he's these people don't look like the same people. They're not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. In other words, there's not many, that many mimosas. <laughs> no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. I love this. This is powerful. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Check this out about the supernatural and the prophetic. Your sons and daughters, in other words, the kids that are back there encountering the Lord right now, the sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Wow, that sounds supernatural to me. Even on my servants, both men and women. Let me read that again. Both men and women. Why do we have women elders and women pastors in the church? Both men and women. Yes. Sorry if that wrecks your theology. Sorry, not sorry. Both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show, si man, I wish somebody get excited. I will show signs and wonders in the heavens above, yes. signs on the earth below, yes. blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. But every Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Man, can we give God a shout of praise? That's a good moment for a praise break right there. Those last verses sound kind of scary, but they're not scary if you're in the Lord. And they're not scary when you lead people to the Lord. How many of you know we got to fill up the kingdom? We're not trying to fill up church pews for ego. We're trying to fill up church pews so that folks are saved from this that we just read about. That's the purpose. 
You go, why are you so passionate? I'm not doing this to get a brand called Hope Covenant. I'm doing this for the church of Jesus Christ. Forget that name. All this commercial stuff's going to burn. But I'm concerned about souls. And if you every day do not have a burden for the lost, I encourage you, put on some aftershave, slap yourself around, wake up. Are you ready for revival? So how can we ready ourselves for revival? I'm going to give you four things, and then we're going to wrap up. The first is we've got to identify God's promise. Can I say that God has never broken a promise, and he never will? He's not a promise breaker. He's a promise keeper. If God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And in Matthew 16, verse 18, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and I love this verse, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Do you know this is the safe zone that can never be overcome? It's called the church. The gates of hell can't touch this. Can't touch this. No, 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 no. I mean, we've got to have that attitude as the church. Can't touch this. No, 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 no. You watch the news and it looks like, oh my Lord, religious freedom can't touch this. No, 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 no. That's got to be our, I'm sorry for that. I can't take that back. It just happened. That's got to become our anthem. When, when Fox News and CNN says, yeah, your religious freedom is, is, is in question right now. Can't touch this. No, 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 no. Matthew 16, 18. No, 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 no. Can't touch this. God is building his church. How many of you know in the middle of cancel culture, you can't cancel the church? Can't touch this. No, 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 no. It's my last time. The church will succeed and the church will expand. It says it in scripture. And if God promised it, that settles it. So how can we ready ourselves for revival? The second is we got to know his power. I want y'all to get to a place where you never question if God can. You know God, God can. We don't understand his ways, but we know that his ways are higher than ours. You go, well, how can I trust a God in the middle of a healing that didn't happen? How many of you know he's got the whole world in his hands and he knows better than we do? And a lot of times our miracle looks different than the miracle we're praying for. But miracles happen and God's got a plan and it's so much better. You go, well, I'm struggling with that right now. I struggle with that every day that I look at things through the natural. But when I tell my mind to shut up and I tell my spirit, no, 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 no. We walk by faith and not by sight. That means I don't understand. I can't see it, but I trust you, God. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Yeah, it's called me. Remember, again, we got to know his power. God's power is and will continue to be poured out. The last thing that we discussed when, when Jesus, he's speaking to his disciples on the Mount of Olives before he ascended into heaven. He said to the disciples, Jesus said, they, they said to him, when are you coming back? And he immediately didn't answer the question. He blew it off and he said, make sure you carry my Holy Spirit. In other words, make sure you're walking in the supernatural. Well, when are you coming back? Forget about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. Don't let that consume your mind. Make sure you're carrying my supernatural power. Make sure you're carrying that. Make sure that when you go into the workplace, you're prayed up. That God, you've appointed me in this moment, in this time. So this is a divine appointment with you. Whoever I run into, I want to show off your power. Sister Susan, uh, you know, sitting at the, at the desk is struggling with the cold. And you go, let me pray over you. 
Let me pray over you. You could be healed right here, right now. That common cold, go in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, the sniffles go. You go, well, that doesn't happen for me when I pray. Keep practicing. Practice makes perfect. And the more you faith up is the more God will move through you. You go, I've never seen that before. Just keep going. Keep walking by faith and not by sight. So Joel said God's pouring out his spirit on the generations. In Joel 2, verse 28, I will pour out my spirit on all. Everybody say all people. So that means you need to have a heart for all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. This is going to increase as we get closer to the return of the Lord. We're going to see an outbreak of the supernatural. And number three, how can we get ready for revival? Understand that God's pouring out his spirit. It's not a question mark. He's pouring out his spirit. We need to posture ourselves that we are constantly in a place where we are connected to Holy Spirit to receive daily from him what he wants to pour out to us. It rewards that seek him with diligence in Hebrews eleven six And without faith living within us, check this out, your faith is godly. Without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. Number four, and this is the last one right here. We've got to understand he's pouring out for all people. Understand he's pouring out a spirit and he's pouring out for all people. That everyone who calls on the Lord will be saved. In Acts 2 verse 21, but everyone who calls on the Lord will be saved. That, that's the verse that makes that legal. I love how Romans 10, 13 says this, and it's true. Everyone who calls on the name of, Lord, of the Lord will experience new life. You'll experience new life. You'll experience something different than you've ever experienced before. Church, I'm here to encourage you that the hour that we're living in today, I believe the biggest attack on the church is to wear you out and rob your joy. And I want to say this to you in the end of this series, in the close of this series, lift up your head. Lift up your head. How do I witness to folks? Lift up your head, get encouraged, and walk with joy and peace in the knowledge and the knowing that God is real, his power is real. Not only are we not afraid, that's just the beginning. That's just scratching the surface. No, lift up your head and demonstrate his power. Because you're so passionate, you're so fired up, you're so faith-filled, you can't help but to not. The power of Holy Spirit is the only thing that will carry us through these last days. I spoke about it last week, and I want to go a little bit further, that when we worship, we're literally in a different dimension. You leave the dimension of earth, and you're getting into a different realm where you're in the realm of the Spirit. You're in the realm of the presence of God. How many of you know when you're in the presence of God, you've got nothing to worry about? Which is why people come here and say, I got so refreshed during worship. What was that? You entered into a different realm. It wasn't just pretty music and beautiful songs. And it wasn't all that where you just taking a deep breath and you had a moment of, of, of peace because you felt the vibe. No, it's because you felt the presence. And you're in the dimension. I want to encourage you that you've got to be a carrier of being in a place where you're constantly in the presence of the Lord. That your flesh starts to not react to things. That when you watch the news, you go, ah, oh, no, that, no I, I hear what you're saying, but no, 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 that's not the world. That's not the dimension I live in. 
That's not the world I live in. You hear about the things that are happening and the violence that's breaking out. You go, can't touch this. No, the gates of hell can't touch this. No, my family is safe. Some of y'all need to start anointing your house with oil. And declaring the presence of the Lord that this is a temple of the Holy Ghost and the devil cannot come in. Your kids are scared. Anoint that room with oil and declare the presence of the Lord. You know what happens when you start to do stuff like that? So revival starts to break out in your house. You know what happens when revival starts to break out in your house? It gets contagious. It starts to break out in the other family's house that you're close with. Then two or three or four. All of a sudden there's this blazing fire. We get in here. Worship looks so much different. There ain't no spectators anymore going, all right, sing for us, pastor. I'm not here to sing for any one of you, by the way. When I'm here, I'm here to lead you into where we join with one voice and we are singing to the Lord. I hear it all the time. Well, I don't know that I like this song. I don't know that I like this. I don't like that about worship. Worship ain't for you. It's for the Lord. And when you get that and you get out of the realm of serving you and you come in to pour out a sacrifice of praise, the supernatural breaks out. Which is why I encourage you to get your eyes off of your circumstances when you come into worship. You go, that's hard. It's really not. It's a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. When you start praising, the chains start to break. You go, I don't know about that. Well, give it a, give it a shot. Give it a try. And let me know how it works out for you. Because it's going to. We need to start encouraging ourselves in the Lord. God is moving and he's pouring out his spirit and it's about to rain. Everybody say it's about to rain. I truly believe that there's a harvest and there's a pouring out of God that we're going to see that we're not going to be able to deny. I believe this next revival is not going to pour out in one church. I believe it's going to be globally. I think God is done with with the Christian celebrities. I want you to know I'm not pastoring this church to be a celebrity. I'm pastoring this church to lead you into an encounter with the Lord. And we are a family that is moving into a move. And I'm contending for it and I'm not going to stop till I see it. And the reason why I formed this church is because I want to have a temple where the Lord is free to do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, that I'm simply his servant that says, yes, sir, here am I, not here I am, here am I, very different posture. Here I am is like I've arrived. Here am I is like, Lord, I'm your servant, go ahead, you use me. Very different posture. So let's seek his face like we've never done before because he's coming back for his bride. This is a love story. I know I gave you a lot of of events that will be happening in the end times, the tribulation and and a lot of scary stuff. But again, you've got a secure place in the Lord and I want to end with this. This is a love story about Jesus and his church. We're about to be joined with him. We're about to be joined with all those that went before us. We sing that song, Holy Forever. All those that went before us. I've got relatives. We've lost quite a few, Elizabeth and I, three this year. You go, how do you stay hope-filled? I know that when we worship, we're joining with all those that went before us. That when we declare holy, holy, holy is the Lord, that's what the angels are doing in heaven, gathered around the throne, singing holy, and the 24 elders, singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord. You go, I miss so-and-so. I do too. I do too. How do we get close? We worship. We worship. You know, I was talking, and Jen mentioned something that was revelatory, and I wanted to mention it today. Jen, I hope it's okay. I identified your name out here. You're like, what? Hold hold on a second. Well, please, you know. Oh, you just went forget about it. I don't care. That's awesome. I love you, Jen. 
You're my girl. So she mentioned that it was, we were talking about how when one receives the Lord, that all of heaven stops and parties and rejoices. And that's so powerful. Can I tell you that your job is to interrupt heaven as much as you can? Could you imagine those that went before us that are like, praise break. Yeah, uh, Adam, Adam led, yeah, once again, led the so-and-so to the Lord. Guys, can we give God a shout of praise? Man, that's so good. You know, I want to interrupt heaven. Is I want, to, I want heaven to know, and I want hell, for that matter, to know that I'm alive. Anybody with me this morning? Can we give God a shout of praise? No, no give God a shout of praise if you want. Yeah, I really, uh, you know, like, uh, how do I get my, my relatives to know that I'm here. I just, I, I know that when we, it's so powerful when you lead somebody to the Lord. And, and the great commission, it's, I feel the Lord right now as I'm talking about it. There's so much power. There's so much power when you care about somebody that you've never cared about before. And even somebody that's, that's I, I'm so proud of some of you are telling me about enemies that you have and you're starting to witness to them. That's revival. Yeah. That's revival. Do you know people that annoy me that I'm like, holy ghost, Jesus, yes. <laughs> just throw some oil on them. It's just the Lord. The Lord told me to do it, whatever. Let's see. <laughs> just anoint their car, Jesus. We got to have fun. We got to stay joyed. I believe the greatest form of evangelism in these end times is to carry the joy of the Lord and peace that goes beyond your ability to understand lift up your heads. And that's my message to the church today. I'm changing the title, Kai. Lift up your heads. Lift up your heads. We, we do want revival. We do want winter, But right now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to lift up our heads and we're going to see God move. Let's pray. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Father, I thank you that there's a transformation happening to your church. And Lord, through this series, we hear the alarm that's going off saying, it's come, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Father, right now, can we do this? I feel like we're supposed to do this. Let's just, even across the aisles, join the hand of the person next to you. You go, I'm uncomfortable with that. Get over it. Just, just get over it for a minute. We're a family, and there's something powerful that happens when we join together as a family. I love family. Father, I thank you that you're looking down at this church. You say in your word that when two or three are gathered in your name, that there's power that shifts things in your spirit. And Lord, we ask you this morning, not just for another day, not just for another message, but Lord, that you would transform us as a church, that we would carry your heart and your spirit. Lord, that we would let everyone that we possibly could know that there's a family called the church that's your bride that you're coming for. Lord, I thank you that you would give every person here peace. You're comforting every person in this room. Peace that surpasses our understanding and that you're filling us with the power of your Holy Spirit. That we would walk supernaturally in these days and carry your power and the message of Jesus to all the ends of the world in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, I thank you for your presence this morning. That, Lord, it's not just about a feeling, but about a knowing. And we'll feel it when we know it. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your spirit. Now, here's what I want you to do.
And with every eye closed, I want you to breathe in. I want you to breathe out. And I want you to experience the peace of the Lord in this place this morning. Father, we declare your peace and your joy. And would you just begin to cry out to him and say, Father, you're holy. Come on, lift up your voices, church. Father, you're holy. You're holy. You're holy. You're awesome. You're wonderful. You're worthy. Yeah. Father, give us supernatural authority in your spirit this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, would you put your hands together and just give God a clap offering? My goal in this series is that you would encounter the Lord and understand the urgency of the day and the hour that we're living in. This is the day the Lord has made, and he's ordained each one of you to be here in this moment. You're not an accident, and the fact that you're alive right here and right now is not an accident. There's a country song about missing Mayberry. I miss Mayberry too. But how many of you know heaven's going to be so much better than Mayberry? It's going to be a peaceful place filled with glory and grace. Streets of gold. I can't wait to see the streets of gold. I thank you, Lord, for the best week ever. Lord, I thank you for your joy, and we celebrate your goodness. And I thank you that we would be forever changed as a confident, fearless church. In the name of Jesus, if you believe that, would you shout amen. amen. Guys, you're dismissed. I'll see you next week. I love you guys. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc, and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.